else? The last Sunday in March. Anything been going on in the news out there in the last couple of weeks? Good to see you guys at church this morning. Uh, final week of our Serve campaign. And I noticed that uh, some of you are wearing your pajamas to church again. But I'm not offended. Uh, we're glad you're all here or there or wherever you are today. We've been talking about serving God by serving others so far this year, and we have an open door right now to serve others in a way that we've never served. Yeah, we're going to head toward Ephesians chapter 3 this morning, Ephesians chapter 3, and if you're watching this live or taped or uh, listening to it by podcast, I hope that you'll be engaged with the message God wants us to hear. I know that it's easy to get distracted uh, at a normal church service, but it's especially easy to get distracted at an abnormal church service, uh, especially when your dog is attending church with you. Uh, when we do family devotions, it always seems like that's the time when the dog knows she's the funniest, and when Sophie and Autumn have a tendency uh, to laugh at the dog instead of listen to the Bible story. And so you may have to lock the dog up for church, uh, but there are no sports scores to check up on, and there probably isn't really anything else important happening at your place this morning. So let's lock in and search the scriptures together, Ephesians chapter 3, and I'll read in verse number 13. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Folks, I want you to know that this is not the time for the church to faint. This is the time for us to be strengthened through the Spirit, knowing that our God is able to do more than we can even begin to imagine. The local church is still the hope of the world. And I want you to remember, uh, we don't go to church, we are the church. Uh, a church is not a building, it's a body. It's not an organization, it's a living organism with Christ as the head of everything we do. And this is what brings glory to God. I'm thankful we serve a great God this morning. A.W. Tozier said that our God can make a star or a galaxy just as easily as he can lift a robin off its nest. And God can do anything as easily as he can do anything else. When we find our encouragement in the character and nature of God, we don't ever have to be discouraged or live in despair. 
this morning I heard a bunch of birds chirping, and apparently nobody told them to panic yet. Uh, the trees around our house are starting to bloom. The sun still came up in the east. God is still on the throne. And I want you to look at the beginning of the passage that we just read. I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father. Did you know that prayer is the first step to serving others? Before you do anything else, you can pray for other people. And Paul reminds the Ephesians of the priority of prayer to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom, notice this, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's bigger than any of us. Uh, that's bigger than our city or our state or our nation. Uh, that's huge. That's as big as it gets. And I want you to look at the specifics of his prayer in verse number 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And a rooted and grounded in love is where we'll start this morning. Uh, when we are called to serve our world, we are called to serve with unfathomable love. Unfathomable love. I want you to notice verse number 18. May be able to comprehend what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now that seems, at face value, to be a paradox. Uh, Paul is praying that the Ephesians can know something that goes beyond knowledge. Right? And this, at face value, is like, how do you know something that goes beyond knowledge? The love of Christ goes beyond human knowledge. And yet... It is only through knowing that love that we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Right now, it's evident that many people are hurting, and many people are also helping. In fact, uh, some of the ones who are hurting are also the ones doing the helping. And, and we're focused on serving others and loving others. But I want you to notice something huge in verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You will not be filled with the fullness of God until you receive and know the love of Jesus. And this may be hard for you to understand, but your number one priority is to be loved by God. It's not to do something. Yes, you were made for a purpose. And yes, you have a place in his big picture plan. And yes, he wants you to influence others with the good news. But he made you first to be loved. Because your parents may not have planned for you. But God did. And he loves you with a love that is beyond human knowledge. The only way to begin to comprehend it is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
God's love is not based upon who you are or what you do. It's based on who he is. God is love. Without a relationship with Jesus, you have no capacity to understand how much God loves you. It's like an ant trying to understand the internet. And I don't know if some of you out there, your grand, uh, grandparents and, and maybe your grandkids uh, can do more with your cell phone in a few minutes than you know how to even begin to do. And it, we live in a society where three-year-olds and four-year-olds uh, know how to do apps on the phone. But uh, an ant still can't understand the internet. And when we try to understand God's love without Jesus Christ, we have no capacity to understand it. This passage in Ephesians reminds us that God's love is wide enough to be everywhere. There's no place in the universe where God's love isn't. There's no place where it ends. It's in the broken home. It's in the abusive environment. Uh, It's in the slum, it's in the ghetto, it's in New York City, it's in Italy and Spain and China. There's no place where God's love is not. You say, well, I don't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Have you ever seen the wind? Have you ever seen uh, an atom with your eyes alone? Have you ever seen a, a radio wave or a sound wave? Have you ever seen a virus? All those things are real. We can't see them, but they're here. And we can't see God, but he's here. And uh, the effects of his creation are all around us. And if you tune in, if you get in on his wavelength, you'll experience his love. His love is everywhere. Even if you feel lonely, You'll never, never, ever, ever be truly alone. God's love is there whether you're aware of it or not. Do you know God's love is long enough to last forever? Human love often wears out. It's sad to see, but it happens. It's based upon conditions. But God's love is unconditional. It never wears out. God's love is deep enough to handle anything. I love the promise in Romans 8. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, uh, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what pain you're going through, what problems you're facing, or what hurt you're experiencing, what isolation is happening in your life right now, God's love is deeper. It goes lower than your problem. There is no pit that God's love is not deeper. God's love is also high enough to overlook my sins. My faults, my failures, my flubs, my rebellion. Through the blood of the cross, God offers forgiveness because of his love. Before anything on this earth existed, 
God had already thought of you and decided to choose to love you. He's been waiting your entire life for you to experience how much he loves you. Because it is only through receiving his love that we are filled with the fullness of God. We are called to serve with unfathomable love. But then there's serving with unexplainable joy. Unexplainable joy. If you're living with the joy of Jesus right now, I promise you that other people are going to notice. Because those who are not living in Christ, they base their joy upon circumstances. They base their joy upon the gifts that they experience in this life. Whether that's God's vast and marvelous creation or physical abilities or children or family or perks at their job or a lifestyle that's comfortable. Uh, the majority of people, and in fact many who profess Christ as their Savior, find their joy in the gifts. But the only way we can rejoice during uncontrollable circumstances, uh, during difficult times and difficult situations, is to find our joy in the giver, to make our boast in the Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus has to be enough to bring you joy. Is he enough? The answer is, yes, he always is. And that's why Paul said, rejoice evermore. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And the psalmist gave us these words. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, most of the time, uh, we uh, tend not to make our boast in the Lord. Uh, we tend to make our boast in other things around us, things that we feel like we have control over. And yet the psalmist reminds us that if we will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will be in our mouth, that we will have to find a way to boast in the Lord. That we'll have to find a way to trust fully in the giver because the gifts aren't nearly enough for unexplainable joy. Uh, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's unexplainable joy. I love what it says in Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. You may have heard this before. Uh, that, word mean, uh, that word blessed means happy or full of joy. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You say, but what about my circumstances? What about uh, my health or, or my age where I'm at right now? I'm really susceptible to this virus. What about the fear in communities all over the globe? What about my 401k? What about my job? What about the future? And uh, as believers in Jesus, we have to remind ourselves that our joy 
is in God. Our joy is in the giver. God is good all the time. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Unexplainable joy comes through trusting in God alone for my inner peace. And serving with unexplainable joy is closely related to serving with unshakable faith. And that's this next part of the message, serving with unshakable faith. Well, I'm thankful for the doctors and the nurses and, and the hospital employees and the store clerks and stockers and truck drivers and emergency personnel and, and the daycare workers and uh, the national, state, and, and local leaders and so many others uh, who are serving well right now. But I want you to know, even though I'm thankful for them, my faith does not rest in any of them. I love the old hymn, my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Paul reminded the church at Corinth that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And folks, we walk by faith, not by sight. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, they're of this earth. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We read earlier in our text in Ephesians 3 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Faith in God is something that no person, no thing can take away from those who believe. No one can force you to give up faith. Faith is something that happens inside of your soul. Throughout the pages of Scripture, we, we find a heritage of heroes whose faith remained in spite of torture and weakness and pestilence and famine and oppression. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Why can we have faith? Because God is faithful. Hold on to your faith in Christ. The trial of your faith may be happening right now, but that's expected. Every person of faith in Scripture experienced the trial of faith, and they found this promise to be true. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And every single faith hero experienced tribulation. Our faith is not grounded in a theory or a religious textbook. It is grounded in a Savior who promised that he would die and rose again. And then he did it. These words in the closing chapter of 1 Corinthians uh, are so applicable for us. 
Uh, I love this passage, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. And so when we serve our world, we serve our world with unfathomable love, with unexplainable joy, with unshakable faith. But we're also serving with unquenchable hope, unquenchable hope. Our hope is not found in human solutions to earthly problems. Yeah, I love that we're hearing about uh, medicines and vaccines. That's nice to hear about. And, and the fact that there are uh, up to 100 medicines right now that are uh, on trial, uh, that are trying to be figured out to help people all around the globe, uh, is good to hear about. And I know that uh, there are doctors and there are uh, chemists and there are researchers uh, all around the world who are trying to save lives right now. But our hope goes much deeper. Our hope is grounded upon the very character of God. One of my favorite promises in all of Scripture is found in Titus chapter 1 at verse number 2. And it says this, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. You know, eternal life is completely different from a vaccine that is keeping you physically alive for 10 or 20 or 30 more years. And the hope of eternal life far surpasses human healing. If you read through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, Jesus healed many, many people of their physical ailments during his earthly ministry. But none of those people live physically forever. Even Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead, went on to physically die. You read through the book of Acts, and, and there was healing that was done during the early church age by the apostles. And all of those people went on to physically die. And the fact is, if we only have hope in this life, we don't have real hope. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says it this way. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And our promise of eternal life is as strong as the resurrected Savior. And those who believe in Jesus are ambassadors of hope to the world. When we say hope, we aren't talking about hope as in a wish. We're talking about the hope we have as anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. You can count on it. It's guaranteed. That brings us to our faith challenge for today, for this week. A church is not a building. It is a body of believers who are empowered to change the world for God's glory. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory and the church by Christ Jesus 
throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Do you know God, in all of his wisdom, only has one plan for reaching the world? Only one. It's through the local church. And if we don't live out our calling, the world will not be reached with the gospel. It's possible that we will have more opportunities to answer questions about hope in these next few weeks than we sometimes have in decades. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God so loved the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. Viruses, as we've heard in recent weeks, are not respecters of persons. They don't care what your socioeconomic status is. Prime ministers can get viruses. Prime ministers' wives can get viruses. Famous actors can get viruses. And viruses don't care if you're famous. Uh, They don't care what level you're at in the company. They don't care how big your retirement nest egg happens to be. They are equal opportunity offenders, sort of like the disease of sin. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We aren't mistakers in need of a change or a second chance. More education won't save us from sin. In fact, you find that the people who are the most educated are sometimes the ones who are furthest from God. Uh, A financial bailout won't heal us from sin. Religion won't deliver us from sin. Only a Savior can save us. And there are people of every race and nation and class who still need Jesus. I was texting with a friend in India this morning. And he was telling me how difficult it is with their lockdown because people live day to day and they go out and get their food for each day. And he said people can't go out of their houses and and, uh, pastors are are really uh, having a difficult time uh, being locked in. They don't have any way to communicate with their people and and, uh, they're barely surviving financially. And uh, what a difficult time it is in many areas of the world today. And there are people all over this world who need Jesus. And it could be that they've never heard the good news. It's estimated in India that there are over 800 million people who have never once even heard who Jesus is. It may be that some have put off knowing Jesus. It could be that they've said, I don't need Jesus. Sometimes you don't know how much you need Jesus until Jesus is all you have, until it becomes life or death, until eternity makes its way into your viewfinder. There are a lot more people thinking about eternity today than there were just a few short weeks ago. And so what can we do? We can make calls We can do FaceTime or Skype or or Zoom, and we can write emails. And I'm not talking about chain emails that people will ignore. I'm talking about personal ones. Uh, Ask questions. 
Find out how people are actually doing. Send cards. Find out what people are thinking. Allow the Spirit to guide the conversation toward eternity. Because I assure you that people are looking for hope. And Jesus has called his church, us, to be the ambassadors of hope that this world needs in such a time as this. Serving our world includes sharing real hope. And let's pray together that we can be ambassadors of hope. Jesus, we praise you for being the almighty creator. We praise you for the everlasting love that you have for mankind. Even though we're undeserving, even though the wages of sin is death, you came to this earth. You willingly offered yourself on the cross. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. And you offer to all people everywhere the gift of eternal life that was secured through your death and resurrection. And Lord, I pray if there's someone watching right now who's never started a real relationship with you, that the Holy Spirit would convict that person's heart right now of the need to accept your gift of salvation, to repent of their sins. By simply praying in his heart or her heart a statement of belief in Jesus as the only way to eternal life. And Lord, I pray that you'll empower us in these days as we serve our world to bring you glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, don't forget next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And uh, the Easter is the week after that. We're starting a brand new series for the month of April uh, that you don't want to miss. And I hope you'll join us and you'll invite others to do the same. And we're going to continue to send out information uh, on the link of how to receive uh, the service and how to receive the studies and things that we're going to do. Uh, we will be doing more things during the week this week uh, and communicating with you uh, via live stream and via uh, video and some other formats. And so I want you to stay posted. We're going to send out a request for you to subscribe to certain things uh, so that we will be able to format in a different way uh, over these days and weeks ahead. And so I want to thank you uh, for coming to church this morning and for being a part of what God's doing in this community. And I'm praying for you. I hope you're praying for me. And if you need anything at all, would you please let us know? I was talking to one of uh, our deacons this morning, his wife, and said, how you doing? And, and uh, he was telling me how they were doing and some of the things that they're uh, working on right now. And, and uh, listen, folks, we've got to be there for each other. And we've got to continue to be the church God wants us to be. And uh, so thank you for attending Serve Church today. And God bless you. And we'll see you next week.